the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. AM 1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. There is no Matt Costa. There is no Matt Moniz. No silent assassin. No science advisor. Just myself here in the spooky studio. Happy to be with you here on another Saturday night where we talk about the paranormal. Sorry about last week. (laughs) We were supposed to have a, a great show where we talked about whether or not the paranormal field needs watchdogs and whether or not we need people to be uh, kind of keeping an eye on the paranormal world. And what happened was we came here to the studio. Chris Balzano, our content director, was ready to co-host with us. We had a, a great, great night planned. And then when we got here, the brand new board was acting up. It wasn't working correctly. So we had to can the show and we moved it forward to this week. So we're going to be talking about it tonight. And uh, Chris will join me in just a little bit. And we're also going to have independent researcher and good friend of the program, Dave Francis, along for the ride as well. And you. We want you to chime in and join in. 508-996-0500. Are you a dad? Are you a dad? No. 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 Oh, okay. no well, then I can't, I can't wish no. you Happy Father's Day. I wish you Happy Father's Day anyway. Thank you. We were... Um, I, have, I just uh, want to know why you're deciding to, to I'm a type 2 diabetic. I'm 52. I yeah. have a shoulder injury. Um, he, the doctor said it was an AC sprain type 3 chromium. Wow. It sounds like uh, he's a doctor for the New York Yankees or something. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he, really, he really defined that no idea where for you. From. There we go. We'll turn that off then. Oh, you never know what's going to happen on this show. That's the problem is uh, ever since... Uh, you know, Matt Costa started not coming in for the show. Things have gone out of control, and I've been the one that has to handle everything behind the scenes here, and uh, it doesn't always work out. That's for sure. So, uh, as I was saying, we're going to be joined by our, our good friend, independent researcher Dave Francis. He'll be part of the program, and uh, hopefully there'll be no more jumps in, jump-ins from other shows. <laughs> If I can figure out the computer. But again, the numbers are 508-996-0500, if you want to join in the discussion. Uh, there's been a lot of, I don't know, I don't want to say controversy this week online, but there's been a lot of buzz this week uh, in various formats about the paranormal field. There's been people who have complained about some of the research tactics and some of the... Uh, claims of evidence that some paranormal groups have been putting out there lately. There's been others who have claimed the reverse of that, that these people who are condoning what they've done are, I don't want to say stick in the muds, but you get the idea. You know, people who are too tied into the old ways or too tied into uh, a certain belief system. And then today I got into an interesting argument online with some people uh, about whether or not places should be charging for paranormal activity and then have people go in and nothing happens. 
this particular incident was people paid a lot of money to get into a historic haunt that's been on television shows, and they got there, and when they were done, they had no experiences. They had no evidence. Nothing. So I don't think, personally, that it's the job of a haunted location to say to you that you're going to be provided with a ghost experience because there's no way that you can guarantee that. But there is something to be said, though, for some of the prices that these places charge for something that they can't guarantee. So uh, why don't we bring Dave in here, and Dave can join in the discussion with us as we talk about some of these. Good evening, Dave. How you doing? Hey, Tim. How you doing? Oh, spooktacular. Now, uh, I don't know if you saw this particular discussion I was talking about where there's a haunted location uh, that was unnamed where they were complaining about uh, being charged for an investigation and nothing went on. But, uh, I mean, I'm sure you deal a lot with Stone's Public House, and I'm sure there's numerous times when they have people go in there expecting to have a paranormal experience and nothing happens. Of course, these might just be regular patrons, but still, I mean, there's there's that sense of disappointment when you make the trip there and nothing happens. Actually, with Stone, that's kind of the opposite because they don't really, as much as they do kind of tout the haunted uh, side of things there, they don't really push letting people come in to investigate or anything like that because um, they really just don't have manpower. Um, I've actually been approached by people who are willing to they, they just they will pay to get in there. They don't care how much it'll cost them. They want to be able to get in and experience it. I mean, that's and, what I mean too. I mean, yeah. they might make a trip from, you know, 2 hours away to go there because like, oh, it's not that far. And then when they get there, they're kind of disappointed that they didn't have the same experience that they might have seen you talking about on the Travel Channel. Yeah, but you know, I think any investigator worth their weight in salt is going to know that this stuff doesn't happen on cue anyways. Um in the in the, the ghost chasers, the people that are out there looking for a thrill, um, it's going to be explained to them. It has to be explained ahead of time. You know, it, it, this stuff doesn't happen on cue. We can't make a ghost appear. We can't make you feel or see or hear anything. It's just the way it is. I mean, if you're willing to pay, that's great. If you want the experience, that's great. But we can't guarantee stuff's going to happen. That's that's kind of how I lay at it. And, and there does need to be that idea too that if you are one of these locations, you, you can't charge that ghost premium that you think you can charge i mean when you go to a place like the lizzie board and bed and breakfast for example you're getting a bed and breakfast bed and breakfast experience sorry i stumbled over those words there but you're having that b&b experience that's what you're paying for when you come to a legend trips event you're getting dinner and lectures and the interaction and the learning that's what you're paying for you know we none of the business entities involved with the paranormal can guarantee that you're going to have that paranormal experience. So therefore the price needs to be based on everything else that's included. And I think what some of these places that have the ghost reputation now don't realize is, is that's the way that it has to be. I mean, you can't be, for example, uh, uh, let me just throw this out there because it's not open to the public. You know, the, the new Bedford armory has a notorious reputation for being haunted. They can't be charging people, you know, $75 a person to go in there just to hunt ghosts because they can't guarantee it. Yeah. It, it, I think, though, it, it's the responsibility of the places that are doing this. You know, I, at, at Lizzie Borden's, the events you guys put on, I think just paying for the history and, like you said, being able to spend the night there and everything that goes along with it, 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 it totally covers what you're paying for. Um, and, again, you know, the people that are going, um, you're going to have the two kinds, the, the people that are thrill-seeking and they want something to happen to them and they don't really care to figure out what's happening. They just want it to happen. 
and then the other folks that may be interested in actually trying to figure out what is happening. And I think those are the people that aren't going to be surprised if nothing happens, whereas the other ones are going to be surprised if nothing happens because they've seen it on TV and everything else. Well, as somebody who takes a a step back from today's paranormal culture, you know, yourself, you know, you're an independent researcher, you've been doing this for a long time, and you're not caught up in the whole celebrity reality television aspect of the paranormal. So from somebody looking at it from from your catbird seat, what's your opinion? I mean, is is the problem more these locations charging the premium for a place that's haunted, or is the problem in the people who are going there and buying the tickets and having that expectation? Uh, probably a little bit of both, depending on the locations that are doing the, uh, you know, the, the, that are selling themselves, and also the people that are going to do it, because you got to figure it in. Ghost hunting is just cool, man. It's mm-hmm. it's where it's at. It's hip. It's on TV. It's all over the place. It's in our face. And, I mean, who doesn't want to be able to slick their hair back and put on the tight black T-shirt and, and rock it with everybody else? And grow the goatee. Yep, exactly. And yours is looking pretty nice tonight, by the way. It's getting kind of bushy, but, you know, and for everybody that... that doesn't know about that that's kind of the inside joke john tenney runs a website uh about the goatees of the paranormal <laughs> and it's kind of become like an in joke that so many of the male investigators all grow the goatees but you know that's because you know us fat guys we grow the goatees to hide our double chin i had one way before it was cool so <laughs> a goatee that is not the double chin but uh so that i mean that's kind of the the thing is is i think a lot of people who've been in the field for the long time for a long time are starting to resent a lot of the newcomers to the field and the reasons why that they're getting into it. And I think that that is reflected in how they investigate. I think these newcomers aren't exactly uh, on the on the inside here when it comes to how to conduct an investigation. They're just doing what they see on television and are repeating it. And that's what's get you know that's what's making the hair stand up in the back of the necks of the season investigators because it's basically to them. I don't want to say it's a slap in the face in the work that they've done, but it's kind of like uh, it's going to be a lot like the major league baseball players who have to deal with, you know, the cocky minor leaguer who comes up in September, you know, who thinks that he's going to come up there and and shock the world and and become, you know, the next big thing when, you know, you haven't even faced a real live major league pitcher yet. Yeah. Oh, the other thing, too, is just with the proliferation of it all, you get these people that are coming in and. Within the first six months that they're out there, they've gone and they've got a blog talk radio show, and uh, you mm-hmm. know they're hosting that once a week, and they're, they're throwing everything out there. And uh, eventually, the, the term expert comes out, and you know these people are suddenly experts in the field of ghost hunting. And ex- exactly what constitutes an expert in the field of ghost hunting? Um, well, apparently, it's how many TV shows and radio shows you've been on. Uh, yeah, yeah. How many people are viewing them? Yeah, exactly. No, no, it's yeah. not how many people are viewing them. And, I th- you know, the resentment, I think, where it comes from is when you've been seasoned a little bit and, you, you know, you start to really understand and break things down and get away from the fanciful side of things. And you try to kind of educate people. Um, I, I really hate to bring the topic up right off the bat because I think you've been saving it. But um, let's take orb photos, for example. Mm-hmm. You can go onto Facebook, the web, anywhere, and, and click onto a group site and take a look, and you'll see pictures of, this, of the gravestones with the, with the, the orbs in them. And they're in all the photos of the old houses and everything else. And we all pretty much have a good idea exactly what's causing that. I mean, it's explained. Even the photographic sites explain it. But, in, you know, as a seasoned person, I like to go in and honestly give an appraisal, especially when they ask about it. You know, they put these pictures out there and say, what do you think? 
and you respond saying, well, it looks like dust or moisture or a bug. And yeah, and it gets them all worked up. Well, we're, we're actually yeah. we're running out of time here in this hour, but we'll come back after the news, and we'll talk all about it. We'll continue speaking with Dave Francis. We'll also bring in Chris Balzano. We're going to be talking about the paranormal. Does it need its watchdogs? So call in with your thoughts. Watch us on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. The numbers are right there to call in. The chat room is right there to interact. You can also email Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com with your thoughts. We'll be right back coming up after the news with more here on Spooky South Coast. supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. AM 1420, WPSN presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. No silent assassin. No science advisor. Just me. That's all you get tonight. Just me. And now uh, we are here to talk with you about the paranormal. Uh, we did speak a little bit uh, the first hour, or the first 15 minutes, with uh, one of tonight's guests, Dave Francis, independent paranormal researcher from here in Massachusetts. And also we have now joining us on the line, we have Chris Balzano, who is our show's content director, and uh, he is the one who got this idea for a show rolling and uh, we talked about it a little bit on spooky crossroads which is our new wednesday night program that chris hosts on spooky tv at spooky south com, which by the way is the place where you can watch what's going on in the studio tonight and join in the chat room as the show's going on although you're not going to see much because it's just me in the studio and i have the camera pointed at me uh, i kind of feel like you chris where you know the only camera tonight is on myself but that's because you willingly cut me out wednesday night Hey, I switched to a, uh, a slide. How about that? You know, I, I put I put Desmond and uh, Penelope on there instead of you, so uh, don't be too uh, offended. The constant. He is the constant, even on this program. He, he is. You know, as you know, as we were starting that show, I was just thinking of the, the great line. You know, I will win this race for love, and I will do this show for love. <laughs> well, it didn't work out that way. Yeah, well, we thank you. We love you, too. And uh, also, we, we have Dave still on the line, and, and I know that uh, we've been trying. You know, Dave first appeared on the show a long time ago, uh, and we've been trying to get him back on ever since. He calls in from time to time, but we finally roped him in, so good job on that, Chris. Well, it wasn't too hard. Dave's a great guy, and, he, uh, and actually, we wanted to do the show last week. We got postponed, and, but it's, uh, it's still some interesting things, and I think Dave and I, while we, uh, while there's a mutual uh, respect between the two of us, we differ so many uh, on so many issues, and and yet, like, you know, as a, as a model for what other people should be doing, where I think we're able to talk about them and talk about what we disagree with without attacking each other. So, you know, those of you who are expecting blood tonight in any of these discussions uh, should, you know, tune into something on Cinemax. They've got a lot of blood on Cinemax. I just hung Dave up. He thought that I hang, hung him up, and then I didn't, and now I did. So. Okay, well, now he's not on the line. We can talk bad about him. No, he's still listening in the chat room, so that's not going to work. 
But he'll oh, call okay. right back in. We were talking in the, in the first 15 minutes uh, about some of these locations out there. It, it came up on Facebook today where some of these locations are charging money for people to come in and investigate, uh, which, you know, that's, that's no surprise. But uh, these particular investigators were taking exception with the fact that they paid a lot of money to get in there. And uh, what, what ended up happening was nothing happened. So, right. and, and we were talking about how you can't really guarantee that. Maybe some investigators don't understand that. Or maybe some investigators feel that if they're pay- paying this premium and it's a place where there's a lot of activity going on that they, they need to have it happen. Uh, I mean, you've dealt with a lot of haunted locations. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think that you're paying for the experience. You're paying for the experience of being in the place. Uh, like Dave said, if there's, if there's history connected to it, you're, you're paying to touch that history. You're paying to investigate. You're not paying to get results. Um, so I think that it would be disingenuous if people were um, had that on their minds as running a paranormal place. Then you feel like you have to do something, which leads to fakery, which leads to all kinds of things. I mean, I've been on investigations where absolutely nothing happened. It doesn't mean that it wasn't a good investigation. It doesn't mean that there wasn't evidence to review afterwards. It didn't mean that uh, invalidated the place as being um, potentially not haunted. Um, so, I mean, there's so many other things involved in those events. And I'm not even just speaking of the things that you guys were talking about, like the, um, like the, the discussions or the meeting, you know, meeting different people you respect in the field or dinner <laughs> or, a, or a sleeping experience or a lecture. I'm talking just about being in the field, maybe with other people that you can – uh, glean something from maybe just being in the field and, and, and working at your craft. Um, yeah, yeah, don't forget that people pay, you know, lots of money for courses in how to investigate for the paranormal. And when you go to one of these types of events that we do, for example, you're getting that opportunity. Uh, or if you go to, you know, a, a specific lecture, and that's something I know we're going to get up, get into in a little while, uh, is the idea of, of teaching and, and, and certifying people in, the, in these things. But, you, you know, you're getting someone else's experience you're paying for someone else's i don't want to say expertise because we don't like to use that word but someone else's uh, well i guess it is an expertise it's an expertise in the experience of not in the knowledge of if you get what i'm saying maybe the, the, the best kind of um you know example i can give kind of parallel i can give is if you go on a whale watch mm-hmm. um and if you go on a whale watch you pay a ton of money you go out there you're um there's an expectation that you're going to experience something. You're generally put in the hands of someone who is qualified at finding what you need to find. Um, and yet sometimes that whale just doesn't come. Right. Um, but there are so many other things that are, I mean, usually the ones that I've been on, um, like on school field trips and stuff, the, the, the driver, the captain of the boat is usually very talkative and talking about experiences other people have had and, you know, maybe even a little bit of education on this on the topic, and and you know, people talk about, oh yeah, and then of course everyone's got their fish story that they want to tell, and when they went fishing, and da, da, da. and so the entire thing is an experience in and of itself, regardless of whether you see the whale. If you see the whale, which is your expectation, it's amazing, um, but that doesn't mean that you should demand your money back if you don't right. see a whale. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's it's all about the the, the experience as a whole. Not just like, okay, well, what can I take out of that that was ghostly? You know, because at the end of that investigation, um, you still 
haven't evaluated your evidence. And, and if and if you're you, you went last night and today you're mad, um, that probably tells me that you haven't spent enough time going over your evidence to even evaluate whether you did experience something. You just didn't, you know, experience it with your your live senses. So I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things, and 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 too often we are looking at the end result and not the you know the process that's going on. Sure. And and Dave, you're someone who uh, is pretty active in communicating with people online who are these watchdogs that we're talking about, people who uh, do get involved in things. And I know that you've done it yourself a bit. Of course, uh, you and I started the Paranormal Peer Review page on Facebook for evidence, and we've been trying to get people to post evidence up there for people to break down, to dissect, to make suggestions about what could possibly be uh, misconstrued as evidence or, you know, even if it's just to say great, but we're not, we're not going to just pat you on the back and say, you know, great job for any piece of evidence. I mean, we're going to kind of be critical and, and give it a critical eye because that's what it needs. And I'm sure that you're finding, uh, because I know that you're trying to get people to post on the page and I know that you're seeing these other pages where people are posting evidence. It, it must be frying your patience to see that, you know, they, that that's not what they want to do. They want to put up a picture of an orb and have 5,000 people tell them, I see it too. Oh, no, exactly. And I think that the uh, the Paranormal Peer Review page was actually a great litmus test for things because right off the bat, nobody posted anything, and it's yeah. kind of continued that way. Um, where people are posting things are pretty much in the out in the open where you're going to get the opinion and it looks to me the most of the time it's from people who want to believe that this stuff is real and they see whatever they're told that they're supposed to see. It's a matter, too, I think, in some regards, is they either want to post it up to people that don't know any better or for people that are like-minded as, such as themselves. If you go on, and, and we experience it, there's certain pages that if you go on there and you put out your thoughts on somebody's evidence and you're telling them, um, you know, that's definitely your camera strap. Or that's definitely, you know, the light reflecting off that piece of metal that I see in the back corner of that picture. You start doing that, then you're labeled as a bully. You're labeled as somebody who's out there just to discredit them, and you're labeled as jealous. Oh, exactly, yeah. Um, and especially if you ask them any questions, if you ask a simple question, how do you know what your camera does? Do you know how it works? Mm -hmm. Or give them a, a photography term, and yeah, it's, it gets thrown right back in your face. All the attention gets taken off of what you were trying to do, which is to help educate a little bit and give an honest response, and gets turned into a fight. Is <laughs> basically what happens. I, I've learned to just stop posting at that point and to stop responding. Well, and that's the, that's the big question here is is if that's going to be the result, Chris. You know, you and I talk about this quite a bit. If that's the end result, then why? Why do we bother? Why don't? Why do we try to help those in the field? if they're not going to be willing to take that help? Um, I think that you, you should go into it. If you're the person responding to a posting, I think you go into it with the best intentions of, you know, of, of the 10 that I respond to, one will get through, and you can start a dialogue on something and someone will, um, will respond back in a positive way. I, mean, I think that if you go into it thinking that anyone you deal with online is sane, um, you're going to be disappointed in, in anything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think that if you, um, if you go to it from a, I'm going to respond to this, you know, it might be the person who's not, um, who, who watches the site, who looks at the evidence, who looks at the responses, who 
who's genuinely trying to learn, but who is like too intimidated um, because they're newer in the field or they just mm-hmm. are not articulate. Um, and they're like, oh, I don't want to respond to that. But, you know, I kind of like what he just said. I'm not going to support him, but I kind of like what he just said. That's, that's kind of why you do it. Right. It's for, the, it's for the people who, not only the person who you're responding to, um, but also the, the person. I, I won't respond to any evidence posted online. I'll only respond to things that are sent to me. Well, that's, that's probably a good, a good way to play it. And, but, I mean, if I was going to respond, if I was going to offer a critique of somebody's evidence, uh, just, you know, randomly, you know, they like, like, for example, Facebook, you know, sometimes pictures pop up in your news feed of people putting this up as, as evidence and check out this great EVP we got or this great photo that we got. And, you know, I may be tempted to comment on it. And if I do, and if I am kind of breaking down what it is that they're posting and trying to explain to them that they might be mistaken, I'm not expecting them to write back and be like, well, thank you for pointing that out. Now I've learned something. Uh, You know, I'm expecting them to maybe just ignore me, but then take that under consideration for the next time they get a photo like that. Or maybe uh, consideration for that particular photo. You know, maybe they'll they'll stop and think, gee, I wonder, maybe I did have the camera strap on my camera. sometimes Sometimes the best thing to do is to, you know, the teaching term we use, you know, put on kids' gloves. In terms of you, you phrase it as a question, um, sure. Uh, like more of um, you know, is there? Hey, is there? Is there? Um, where was the the camera strap? Or hey, the kind of camera that you have? Does it have a strap? You, mm-hmm. you usually like put it in your hand. Um, you know, questions that are are designed to not you know get people violent, but rather to get people like oh, sure. No, it's almost even like kind of fooling them into giving you the answer that you're looking for. And you're like oh. You know, if you don't do that, then. But I mean, I don't yeah, even. I don't even care if they if they don't respond. It's when they come back at you with the vitriol. You know, it's got to be, you know, anger for you to even question what they're calling evidence. You know, here I went out on my first investigation and I got this picture of a demon. Um, no, I'm sorry. That's that's your reflection in the mirror. How dare you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the person that's been on dozens of investigations and been doing this for years. But you're the guy that just went out on your first investigation, so you must be right. You know, and that's, right. well, you know, that's and what and those, those people are generally kind of short-lived anyway, so you do what you can for, for people and then kind of, you know, retreat for the rest. I, I think Dave might argue that point that they're short-lived. It just, I think it just breeds that mentality, you know, and it, it just – you find one person who has that that approach, and they just seem to find other people that have that approach. And uh, I'm speaking specifically to this one page that Dave and I saw that is what led to the formation of Paranormal Peer Review. Well, now I just feel like you know you're talking about a TV show I haven't watched or something like that. Like I feel totally out of the loop. Well, <laughs> but, but I'll I, take your word for it. Dave, Dave it definitely got uh, definitely got your your haunches up when you saw it. Oh, no, it does, yeah. Um, I think one of the things that really kind of made me step back and laugh was the age of the person that was doing it and looking at the years that they've been spending in the field. I think they were 26 years old, and they've been doing this for the last 19 years. So they've been doing it since <laughs> they were seven years old. It's it's amazing. And uh, I believe this person was also a reverend doctor. Yeah, a reverend doctor. Which, or, uh, that definitely astronaut. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the very first thing that, that I look for when I'm evaluating a picture um, is has it been tampered with? Mm-hmm. So I won't look at anything unless I can kind of get to that first level of has it been tampered with by seeing whether the file they sent me has a camera directory on it. And if it doesn't have a camera directory on it, 
and they say, you know, it was a digital photo or something like that, then boom, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. I can't look at it. Can you give me a copy of the original? Um, and that's, you know, or, or, you know, we'll explain why this is not, why this is, you know, citing, this is not giving me any property evidence, you know, information. Well, usually um, you can usually throw it away when they have the, you know, copyright 2012 Acme Paranormal at the bottom of the picture. That's usually enough right there for me. <laughs> Because that I means mean, it, that means that it's right. already been through some sort of photo altering program. I think that, that that people who are serious aren't doing that, aren't posting stuff up there um, with no retaliation, you know, with no way to check the the very source of it. And and so just by the mere fact that they're doing it, you're kind of like, well, you know, how much do you want to spit into the wind? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said spit into the wind because it's could be Falcon. No, oh. I would have said something different. If it was the other show. Right. Yes. <laughs> the other show, we can say that kind of stuff. Yes. Spooky Crossroads, Wednesday, 10 o'clock, Spooky TV, SpookySouthCoast.com. But, I mean, the idea here, though, is that the fact that there are people out there that are, uh, some are uneducated, and uneducated in the field, I should say. I'm not calling them idiots, but some are, don't know enough uh, in the paranormal field quite yet. And some of them are outright faking evidence. I mean, there's there's all these different degrees of uh, people trying to get the attention put on themselves for whatever reason. And that's breeding the idea that there needs to be somebody out there to kind of protect the field from those people. And it goes back to pretty much any kind of profession. You know, there's always that old guard and there's always those who know what they're doing, who you know, they, they kind of form that barrier to some of the newcomers and they let a select few in. Yeah, it could be everything from, you know, the medical field uh, to professional sports. You know, when the young people come in, they've got to earn their stripes. And I think that this is the one field, or the field has reached the point now where, you know, they don't feel like they have to earn their stripes. You know, they're in it and you just started a paranormal group, so therefore you're equal to Jason and Grant, you're equal to John Zaffis, you're equal to the Warrens. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and especially where you can buy all the same equipment online. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of it now is on a discount price, so you can have all the same equipment. And, and you know, you throw in a black T-shirt, like I said, and you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, the black T-shirts, though, like like I'm rocking right now, those are available at SpookySouthCoast.com. So if you don't have your own <laughs> black T-shirts to wear on your investigations, you can wear the same ones the Spooky Crew wear. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, plug every opportunity I can get. But my my problem with it, though, is that you do have those who have become uh, kind of curmudgeon about the paranormal. You do have those that are unwilling to accept anything that these, you know, new up-and-coming groups have found. And, and, you know, because they might not have the same procedures that, you know, the older generation might follow or the more experienced generation might follow – then therefore it has to be disregarded. And we're actually doing a disservice to the field by doing that because somebody could have a great capture, but because they can't write you a full-out lab report about the circumstances in which it was captured, you know, many people would just readily dismiss it, and, and you can't do that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, oh, one of the things that, that I, really take, um, I really take to heart when I read these sites and, and I'm, I'm looking at the watchdogs is, you know, what is their basis for, not what makes them an authority. That's a whole different argument. 
sure. um, like what makes them able to evaluate other people. That's, that's, put that to one side for a second. But what is the standard that they're using? So a lot of these sites that I've, that I've uh, looked at, I don't know if you want me to mention any of them by name because I don't mind, but I don't know if you No, I don't, I don't think we need to do that. Okay. Um, Their reason for discrediting a group uh, or discrediting a website is based on a different belief system in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that to me is the, the, the absolute worst way to go about it. Um, because if a group is saying out, up front, um, that they think that they're, you know, they have, they're a group of spirit mediums who do this. Um, and you would put them out there as being frauds because you don't believe in spirit mediums. Well, that's really kind of isolating an entire aspect of, of people who are in the paranormal. Um, or if someone is saying, here's a whole bunch of evidence we got, um, and you're saying, well, no, because I don't believe that that kind of evidence is right. Or that kind of evidence is valid. Not whether the evidence itself is, but that kind of evidence. Esoteric evidence, for example. Or, or something that you get from, um, from something that's non-electronic-based. You know, it's like if, if, someone, if someone gets an entire communication via the Ouija board, uh, and you post that up as evidence of something that, you know, a paranormal is happening there. All right. Well, you know what? The people say they do that. The people are honest with what they're doing. You can evaluate whether or not that's a, a valid thing. And just because you give them a chance to kind of fight back, you're automatically putting someone on the defensive by putting them on one of these lists. And those lists are, are, are growing, and there's kind of mm-hmm. uh, people out there doing this kind of thing. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You're only saying that because you don't believe in Ouija board evidence or talking board evidence. You're only doing this because you don't believe in psychic mediums, right? And then, you know, that's just kind of the first level that I'd, I'd love to have you guys respond to. Well, Dave, I mean, you're you're, inv- I don't want to say involved with a lot of these groups, but you pay attention to what a lot of these watchdog sites and groups have to say. Uh, as somebody who tries to maintain kind of third party independence, you know, you you are aware of when there is some of this stuff going on. And of course, you posting earlier today on on a page, or, or actually yesterday. Um, on a page about some posts and we were trying to get that person to come on the show and talk about it. But I I do have to ask you this of all the ones that you follow and all the ones that you pay attention to. I mean, a lot of them just seem like they're, they've got a grudge for one reason or another. It's not just the fact that they're, they're seeing themselves in an overseer role, but it's more that they're, they're bearing a grudge for some reason. Um, I think it's the level of involvement and, you know, just how serious, some of this stuff can get, um, and I hate to say it that way, but we have to look at it that way. I was, I was going to mention when you guys were speaking earlier, um, let's take the, one of these watchdog groups, as you so call it, and we kind of look at how they're going after this one person. They're, this one person's page, they're posting all this stuff, and in the description it says that they went into this person's house and determined that the house was full of dark energy and evil and demons, and they did a clearing and released the spirits and everything was fine, and these are the, this is the evidence. Um, you know, and to go a lot of the times what we'll do is we'll go in and just start with a standard, hey, um, I noticed that this photo has orbs here, this is an explanation for this, and immediately you're banned from the group and, yeah. or, or knocked off of it. And sometimes, like, the, the, the serious questions that have to be addressed, and I can see where a lot of people get angry and really press the issue is, did the people that went in take the time to kind of step back and say, okay, 
maybe there's a black mold problem in the attic that's creating the problem. And when you go into a person's home and tell them that all this stuff's going on and you leave at the at the end of it and they think that everything's all set, but in all actuality they're still breathing the same mold or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the heater's leaking carbon monoxide and none of that was ever looked into. You know, it, there really has to be somebody kind of policing what's going on to a degree, I think, because people can actually, you know, you, people can get hurt, get sick, and it's it's not really spreading honest information. Well, now we're getting into the idea, though, that look, look at some of these other fields, okay? Look at some of the other professions, the other careers that are out there. There are governing bodies and certain rules and regulations that they m- must follow in order to do their job. So, you know... If you're having this problem in your house and you call in an exterminator mm-hmm. and an exterminator finds that there are no bugs, so hopefully that they're an honest exterminator and they're not just going to spray a bunch of stuff and charge 300 bucks anyway. But if they find that there is no problem and that it is, say, a black mold issue, then they're going to tell you that. And then you can hire the proper person to come and take care of that. Or if you think you're having you know, some sort of plumbing problem and it turns out to be you know, the electric circuits going into your uh, water system, you know, they're going to tell you, I can't do that. You got to call an electrician. And there's, there's a lot of this that's regulated by, by their governing bodies. We don't have that in the paranormal. So could there be some sort of governing body, some sort of regulation to follow? Could that make a difference? And if so, how do we create it? I think that's the million dollar question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people are talking about it and a lot of good points come up, but you know, it, because we're, we're going after and, actively searching for things that we just don't know about. How do we start that whole ball rolling? Uh, where does the science begin? Is there any science right now that can actually help us set these guidelines down? Uh, but you have to get everybody to agree on those guidelines. I mean, I, I've got to tell oh, you, we've been doing this show. We're in our seventh year now. And every year there's somebody else that wants to step forward and create this all-encompassing, you know, the, just the idea of standards and procedures for the paranormal, and they put everything they have into it, and they become immediately frazzled. And so many of them have actually left the field because they couldn't find what it is that they were trying to do. They couldn't put it all together. And it's just I, I don't know if it's going to be possible because there's there's no other all these other fields that are out there. You know, there's not a, a hundred thousand uh, wannabe dentists out there just <laughs> showing up in people's houses and drilling their teeth. You know, there isn't a hundred thousand wannabe, you know, plastic surgeons in there trying to trying to mess with your face in in your living room. Yeah, and I mean, if I got a, a pain in my right side and it's getting worse and worse, I really want to know what the guy that's going to be looking at me is going to know what an appendix is and mm-hmm. and how to look for that and maybe get the problem fixed correctly. But, but you're so right. I think one one thing I remember seeing in the past it was Penn State was uh, started a um, like a board of governors or something online. On their on their online forum, and it, it, I tell you, I could never get into it. You know, as much as I posted and posted on their forum, I just couldn't be a part of it. So there was one segment of people that were trying to put together rules and regulations, but not getting that broad spectrum and ideas from all across the board. From right. All well, the different it, type of research. I was going to ask so, you if it was Penn State, was it tied into PRS? Oh, it, it was them. It was their site, their their forum. And their then, so, forum. but but then the question becomes: Well, who the hell are you to be the ones to decide what they should be? And then that's when, yeah, that's when the fighting, that's when the arguing and the fighting and, you know, the pushing and shoving starts. And I kind of, I, I lost track of that site because of that in, in the long run. But, um, 
I mean, off the bat, it was a lot of questioning. Why aren't we allowed to see what's going on? Why aren't you posting what you're talking about? See, see, the way that it has to work, and this is something that I've been trying to, uh, something that I've been trying to push for a few years now, is you know I'm a sports writer, okay, and I'm not a member of some of these, uh, you know, basketball writers of association, pro football writers association. I'm I'm not a member of those, uh, mainly because I don't like all the politics involved in them, and I don't want somebody kind of being a watchdog on what I'm writing. That's what my editors are for, but. Uh, you know, maybe we need that sort of organization. Maybe we need a membership-driven organization, and then those members can vote on a board of governors, and then that board of governors can be the ones charged with being able to create these rules and regulations. And then at least it would become the most accepted body. Because, you know, the, the baseball writers select the Hall of Fame baseball players. And it's a very controversial role, but it's accepted. It's what goes on. And so maybe that's how it has to be for us. Maybe we need to start that uh, for the purpose of being able to at least have an open membership to anybody who can prove that they have, say, for example, five years of service in the field. And if you can give us you know, documented cases going back five years, then you can be a member, pay a membership fee, because there has to be dues involved. Uh, and then once you are a member, then when you have a certain amount of time as a member, you become a voting member. You know what I mean? And maybe that's the way to do it because it becomes, at least then, legitimate to the people who are willing to join on board. So therefore, you became a part of it, so now you're agreeing to follow these rules and regulations. No, I agree with you. Um, and, and this goes in totally, um, say, the direction of where do, where do we stand if there's a group that's going out right now? and charging people money to go into their house and, and offer these services. And this type of right, you know, group or oversight would be excellent because we'd be able to take a look at what's going on and say, hey, you actually have no case study going on whatsoever. We've, we've been able to police your website a little bit here. We see some photos and this and that, but really nothing to support what you're saying you're doing and why you're charging people right. or the information that you're passing on to um and being part of that organization would give you the cachet to be able to go and do that. Yeah, I, I just think it, it can be a slippery slope, though, because we're honestly, I don't think we're any farther ahead than we were, say, 100 years ago. It's a lot of new terms, a lot of new shiny toys that have come out to help us do this stuff. and mm -hmm. But nobody's really kind of sat down and, and studied this stuff in that type of arena. Uh, we've got the parapsychologists and stuff that do it. You know that that are taking looks at things. I even like some of the skeptic groups, like um, Randy and stuff like that, on some of the stuff they've done, where they've actually done studies, and you get something tangible to look at. You know, it, it, but it's almost like, yeah. you know, it's almost like it's an it's almost like it's an empty pursuit outside of wanting to prove to yourself what goes on, because you're not going to be able to prove it to everybody else, no matter what evidence you get. You're never going to be able to shock the world and have definitive proof of the paranormal. It's going to make everybody say, okay, yes, go surreal. You know, it's just not going to happen, and you have to accept that. So you're on your own journey to find what you need to answer your own questions. And then kind of beyond that, you know, you're just running around in circles chasing your tail uh, and gathering more of the same. No, exactly. You know, I really, I really have to disagree with you guys on this. I think that, that – uh, that there, there, it's almost impossible to get 
uh, regulation on this, and I don't think it's a, a, um, a desirable thing um, because, I mean, if you take a step back and look at the personalities involved, just say, okay? Mm-hmm. So I would never join anything like that, personally. Um, and you might have other people who would be, let's, let's take a John Zappas just because he's, you know, famous. Right. Um, I don't think that he would be willing to be like, what? I'm going to be, what? Okay, so we can admit that there are going to be highly qualified people uh, that are not going to join for whatever reason, be they political reasons or ideological reasons or, or whatever. So imagine that they, if they wanted to apply, they'd be able to fit all the criteria. <laughs> like, oh, no way I would do this. Like, why would I? No, I'm going to have these people looking at everything that I do, and I can only do what they're saying, and, and they're voting on the things. No, that's not, that's not my gig. I'm not going to do it. Um, which means that if the only tangible benefit from this is that someone who has a paranormal experience is looking to understand what's going on. Say they, have a, they think they have a, a ghost in their house. Mm-hmm. They're going to, let's say over time, 10 years down the road, think of this as a, a, an authority. Um, and then maybe they're only going to pick from people that are from that pool. Well, that means that they're probably not going to be able to get all of the really great investigators because this thing, which is an authority, which has all these other political things that are attached to it, um, is being deemed an authority, but not this person who's actually an expert, who might be more qualified than the members of it. But so you're, you're creating a system where people are, are, are being deemed as being good for amount of time in the field or being able to prove, okay, so I've been doing this for 15 years, but what would I be able to possibly bring to the table um, that says that I've done this? Like, how would I qualify? I have tapes of interviews. I've got some evidence. Is that proof? Did I prove to you that I, I deserve to be in the field? Um, not to mention the fact that, you know, there are some people who, who might be four years in. And I'm, I'm only giving, using the specific numbers you gave me because they would try to create some kind of criteria, and there would always be people that either would be outside of that criteria who would still be qualified, who might not be able to get their opinions heard, or people who, for whatever reason, don't want to join. And then they're deemed as somehow less because they don't want to join this political group. Well, I mean, whatever. In, in any field, though, that's the case. I mean, there's always people who are highly qualified who don't choose to get involved in it, but that doesn't delegitimize the the governing body or, or the, the overseeing body that's there anyway. It's just that that was their choice. And if that's their choice and they suffer as a result of that, well, then maybe they made the wrong choice. You know, maybe well, their I mean, expertise should of, have been a part of it. I mean, if you think of, you know, like the film industry, the people who have snubbed the Directors Guild, for example, um, for every, you know, for every, uh, um, um, you know, Richard Ramirez that, that won't do it, for, for whatever reason, it was a very specific reason why he, he you know, dejoined. There are maybe dozens of people who are not well known, and so they get caught. They get caught like in the underdog. You don't know that they didn't. They don't know that you're missing them, and so therefore, you know, you don't go see their movies and try getting a movie made and have it be released that way. Well, but, but here's here's the thing. How is having this, we'll say, governing body? How is having this group? And then having people outside of that with more experience any different than what we have now. I mean, now we have the TAPS family 
And if you're the Taps family, you're supposedly golden and people should be going to you first. But you've got tons of people who haven't even bothered to try to be in the Taps family because they don't agree with the Taps philosophy. And, th- you know, do you think that they're suffering? Do you think that they're not getting calls because the Taps family exists? Yeah, I do. No. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are. I think, I think some people, because you have to go from what you know. And if what you know is what you, um, what is visible on TV and that's who you think the authority is, then that's what you're going to do. Um, and, and so I think that that's, that's to try to, anytime you're going to try to be like, all right, we're going to do this, but we're going to be as broad as possible, the decisions are going to have to be made over whether you're going left or you're going right on this situation. Um, and anytime you get a governing body who thinks that they're, you know, they have you know, more information uh, than anyone else, then decisions are going to have to be made or else why have it at all? And as soon as decisions are, are made, you're starting to um, disclude some ideas and some people who are not worthy of being discluded. And, and so now what we're doing is we're establishing a system where either people outside of the field don't recognize it, so who cares what it is anyway, um, or you have people who are um, thinking that they're the end-all, be-all because it now is a certified thing. You know, I mean, you're, you're not allowed to go to a certain doctor or get, for example, like a, a holistic uh, remedy uh, covered under your insurance because they don't necessarily feel that that is. Is that right? Is that appropriate? Is that, you know, like you're, you pay your premium, you know, you pay your money, you want to go to it. Okay, go to it. You know, and, and so you're starting to disclude people. And I think when you do that, you're starting to lose the open-mindedness that makes the field great when it's great. It's been a long time since great. <laughs> I hate to say what it. I hate to say what it, though, but it's I mean, been a long time I, since what great. Ha- what happens is, is that these people have megaphones, but they're, they're not being heard by anyone that's other than ghost people. I mean, you know, no one, that, no one that's experiencing a ghost for the very first time tonight and is looking to try to figure out what the heck is going on in their life um, is saying, well, I better call the paranormal bullies. I'm sorry, I better call a group to see what's going on, whether their opinion is valid or not. Um, so what you have is really just a, a, a bunch of people who are uh, arguing internally, internally within the field. And, and, and it doesn't have much exposure. So, so what benefit is it possibly having for anybody? Well, unfortunately, I mean, the way that the world works now, the most popular methodology and the most popular authority opinion is going to be whoever has the highest Google search ranking. You know, when you type in ghosts, whoever comes up first, they're going to, they obviously must be the ones that know the most. And uh, that, that's just kind of the society we live in. But what do, you, what do you people out there think? Give us a call with your thoughts. You know, what, what, what is it that you would need as your criteria? 508-996-0500. 1-877-996-1420. You can also jump in the chat room at Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, and we got a bunch of people in there uh, right now with the conversation rolling. Uh, and one of the things that I wanted to touch upon, and I don't know, you know, we've got about uh, about 10 minutes left here on the show, but uh, the idea that there can be certification in the paranormal, and this is something that caused a little bit of a stir this week, Chris. So why don't you, um, you know, Chris, Chris and Dave... We had this discussion on Spooky Crossroads and, uh, in, the, in the first episode. And, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on this idea of, of offering certification? 
Well, I mean, you know, I think it's important to, to know what you're being certified in. Um, so there are some courses that just certify that you've finished the course, that you've completed the course, and, you know, you've done all the work involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's up to, I guess, the people who are involved, the people who are, are relying on this, to realize just what that certification means. You know, so I don't think that you can become, you know, certified in investigating the paranormal. Nor, if you get any kind of certification, should you be able to, like, well, see, I've taken this course and I can do it. Um, but that's kind of on the, the, the onus of the, the, the people who are asking for the investigators. Exactly. I mean, that's... You know, so they, it's the, the responsibility, and that's horrible to say because they are perhaps the most, once again, not in a negative way, the most ignorant to what is going on, and they mm-hmm. might actually put some weight into that. So now, you know, we're, we're saying someone can't be certified um, you know, it all has to do with the intention of the person who is who is um, doing it and what the, and what the certification is. What is yeah. it of? Here's here's the way to look at it, though. I mean, there's there's a number of courses out there that offer certification, and you know, there's there's some that we've discussed here. There's some that we've discussed publicly here on the show. Uh, you know, they all they they charge a fee to take the course, and at the end, you're a certified whether they use the term ghost hunter, paranormal investigator, whatever term they want to use, but you've been certified that at the end of this course. But I don't think I've ever heard anybody who offers these certifications say, and that will make you exclusive, and they should never hire anybody that doesn't have this certification. You know, Lloyd Auerbach's been offering certification forever in in ghost hunting and in paranormal investigation. I don't think I've ever heard him say to people, All right, anybody out there, if you're having a problem with a ghost, make sure you call one of my certified students and nobody else. It's just that they're giving you this certificate of completion, essentially. Right. But I think some people who are doing it um, are posing it as, um, you know, and now you are a qualified paranormal investigator. Well, sure, maybe you are. After the clo- after taking the course, you are a qualified paranormal investigator. When you went into it and you didn't have any experience or any knowledge of it, you weren't qualified. Now you've been instructed and you were qualified. Whether or not you just showed up and went on an investigation with somebody who knew what they were doing and showed you the ropes and said, okay, now go out and make your own place into the world, or whether you sat in a classroom and took 14 hours of study on it, you know, now you're qualified. You weren't before, now you are. I don't see a problem with that. Well, right. I, I think, like I said, it's on the, the people who are getting the investigations who have the least amount of information and who may be dazzled by that. Because, I mean, you know, I can print one out right now, right? Right now, anyone who's read my book, feel free to email me and I will send you a certification. Because if you went from page one to page whatever, um, you know enough now to be a, mm-hmm. an investigator. But that doesn't mean that it's that they're actually qualified to do it. Um, once again, nor do I think anyone is in a position to qualify anyone to do something. Um, you know, I, I think that there are, what I'm even more baffled by are investigative groups who, uh, who do the same thing, who say, you're not, we'll take you in until you've done this, you are not a real investigator. Um, and then and you, we will give you our group's certification that you now have, um, you know, the power to investigate. And it's just a very powerful thing for people who don't know what it is. Um, and so it's kind of, uh, you know, 
once again, depending on what you're certifying them in, it's kind of all willy-nilly and kind of almost, you know, um, dangerous in a way just to start being like, all right, boom, ciao. You're, a, you're, a, you're an investigator. You know what you're doing. You're qualified. But how is that any more dangerous than what they would have done had they not taken the course? They would have just gone into it anyway. Well, I think it offers them a level of legitimacy um, if people don't know that it's just a, a sign that they've done something. You know, that they've taken a course in it. And, you know, I, and I think that they are more knowledgeable at the end of any of these. Um, but I mean, it's the weight that it might hold in, in people's minds here, that is, I think, dangerous. Here, here's how I look at it, okay? There's 30 people in that classroom taking a certification course in the paranormal. Those are 30 people that want to get out there and conduct investigations into the unknown. And those 30 people are going to do it anyway. So if they're going to get a little bit of information first then that's a great thing. The, the problem is, is I guess the real issue here is how it's being conducted and how these courses are being offered. You have some courses that you can go and take it at an adult ed facility or a high school after hours or whatever, and they charge you 25 bucks to come and take the course. Or there's other courses where you go and they charge you $400 to take the course. You know, then it's in the value to the consumer of, you know, which – which one do you want to pay? Which one do you want to get? Because the guy who's teaching the $20 course is no more qualified than the guy who's teaching the $400 course. They both have the same level of experience in the field. It's all in what you're going to get for your value out of there. And I think that's where the problem really lies is the guy who's going out there and offering these courses for free because he can't get anybody to pay him for it or the guy who's doing it and only charging $20 because he doesn't really care about making money. He only really cares about helping people are resenting the person that's charging the $400 for it because they're making money off what they see as being what should be knowledge given to every investigator. Yeah, I agree with that. That, I mean, that's the problem. That's the problem in the paranormal field with everything that we have going on is it's all just boils down to one thing, jealousy. Because everybody feels like they're an equal to everybody else, as they should, because, you know, we are all equals. But you're not all equal in experience. You're not all equal in knowledge. And what all, all it boils down to is just jealousy. you got one group that's jealous of another group because they've been on television. One group's jealous of another group because they get the opportunity to go out and do speaking engagements. And it's, it, it, it's ridiculous. It really is. Just go forward with your head down, do your own thing, and whatever comes to you will come to you. Yeah. Well, I think there's another aspect of it, and whether it's in investigating from, you know, a, a pseudoscience-based point of view, or whether it's investigating from, you know, more esoteric kind of things uh, or approach, people it touches upon something on them, whether it's their religion, whether it's um, whether it's uh, um, their their personal belief system, and any time you start messing with that that's when people get the most agitated and the most willing to jump and the most passionate. Um, so I do definitely think there's a high level of, of um, resentment and, um, and jealousy. But I also think it has something to do with, like, people genuinely being like, you know, this is not the way it's supposed to be done because this is my, you know, it, it, it's, it's as if you are a, a firm believer in Christianity and so you actually despise you know, people on TV who are asking for money, televangelists. Right. You know, and 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 I would come back with however crooked some of those guys might be. There are definitely genuine people out there. But more to the point, you know, those people who are being healed or helped or saved feel that 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 healing and that helping and that saving 
And so didn't you just fulfill what you were supposed to fulfill for them, even if it's a, an empty thing because you've given them what they want? It just didn't necessarily come from, you know, on high. Look, but Dave, I know you, you pay attention to a lot of these sites, and I'm, I'm just going to ask you this. We've got about three minutes left in the show, and I'm just going to ask you this just outright here. You, you read a lot of their posts. You see a lot of what's going on. And I'm not saying that you condemn or condone what they're doing, but let's face it. Some of them, they're just bitching. That's all they're doing. They're just bitching. There is a lot of that, yeah. There's a lot of people that just have nothing better to do but complain. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's, like we were saying, it stems from the fact that, you know, you, you try to offer just a little bit of advice or something. And there are, there, there's a lot of people that are closed-minded on the opposite side of it, too. You know, they don't want to hear that their photos are not paranormal. There could be an explanation for this or an explanation for that there. You know, but it... How do I put this? You know, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And it's not hard to see sometimes, you know, the people that want to get their face on TV. And I don't think that a lot of it has to do with jealousy so much as, you know, if you're going to sell yourself, that's fine. That's great. But, you know, when there's the, the poor woman who wants to know what's going on in her house, might be not benefiting from what really needs to be done. Like I said right. before, having things really looked at versus I'm going to guarantee your house is haunted, then I'm going to... ABC News covers the world. WBSM covers your neighborhood. AM 1420. WBSM. That's new. All right, well, we are just about out of time anyway. Why don't we call it a show for tonight? We'll be back next week. Thanks, thanks guys, for joining us and for debating this topic with us, and I'm sure we can continue it on Spooky Crossroads Wednesday at 10 o'clock. I would love to. And uh, stay tuned next week. Chris, uh, have we confirmed uh, that we're going to be having uh, Derek on next week? I have I have not confirmed. I've sent emails and some messages out to Derek, and I haven't gotten a complete confirmation yet. Okay. Um, but I can tell you that we are also having a man by the name of Alex Hodge come on. Okay. And it fits right in with what we're talking about because he has just started uh, this massive website, um, which is calling for paranormal unification and and. He's kind of going about it a different way, so it'll be interesting to talk to him in the second hour next week. All right, excellent. All right, so join us next week when we come back for more Paranormal Talk. I haven't checked the Red Sox schedule, but uh, hopefully we will be on at our regular time, 10 p.m., or actually a little bit after. And uh, you can always listen to the previous episodes on SpookySouthCoast.com. We're also up on YouTube, and on YouTube you can catch excuse me, the last episode of Spooky Crossroads, if you missed it. Uh, we do want you to be there Wednesday nights and be live and interactive with us, but if you do miss it, you can catch it up on YouTube and uh, hear Chris and I uncensored as we talk about uh, the show. We get a little bit deeper into the topics that we talk about here. We tell some of the backstories of Spooky South Coast, and we also take the conversation into places we couldn't take it on the radio because we'd probably get thrown off the air. So, well, you can also check out the ending <laughs> from last week. Yeah, that was a very strange uh, ending. Came out of nowhere there, and uh, right when we started talking about that kind of thing, so check it out. Definitely want to listen to that, and uh, it's a good way to keep up with uh, you know Spooky South Coast. Give you a little bit of background info, inside info, and it, uh, hey, it's a midweek fix for you too, so you don't have to wait till Saturday night. So check that out. Spooky Crossroads Wednesday at ten. Of course, Spirit Connections is on uh, at eight as well. So until next week, for Chris, for Dave, I'm Tim Weisberg. Stay spooktacular. <laughs>